Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jay Mournette. Today I'm joined by three local nonprofits, the Naperville Women's Club, Loaves and Fishes, and Naper Settlement. You're watching Spotlight, and joining me now representing the Naperville Women's Club are Julie Cunningham and Wendy Pifo. Good to have you here. Nice to be here. Thank you. Great to be here. Oh, so nice to see the Women's Club. We always love having you here. Julie, I'm going to start with you. Uh, what's, what's new for 2022? Well, we have a full range of business meetings and program meetings and special events planned, and we're hoping to do... Uh, most of those in person. We've been Zooming a lot over the winter, but we have some things coming up where we can actually have people come and, and join us for something. Uh, first thing we have coming up that's open to the public is on March 16th, we have a program at the 95th Street Library in the evening, and it's about the women of Cantini. So we're hoping that people will come out and join us for that. It should be very interesting. We have our Young Adult Art Contest coming up on March 11th for high school students. We have our Fine Art and Artisan Fair coming up June 25th and 26th at Neighbor Settlement. This fall, we'll have our annual fall fundraiser, and the theme will once again be Witches' Night Out. And coming up very shortly here on March 1st, we will celebrate the 125th anniversary of the founding of the Women's Club. Yeah, that's quite a milestone, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, 125 years. Wendy, how are you going to celebrate it? Well, on March 1st, the actual date, we're going to go to the Naperville Cemetery and lay reset two of our founding um, members' grave sites. Then we're gonna head on back to our lovely historic uh, building in the heart of, of downtown. And um, we'll have a little activities where we celebrate our past and we'll have Brian Ogg there, noted Naperville historian and uh, um, author. We also have a little performance by a small group of, from Young Naperville Singers, and we'll have tea and um, cookies to celebrate. Nice. We also are going to put a storyboard up at the library to um, try to get more people to understand who we are and what we've done. And um, since we have a connection with the library, we helped Mr. Nichols start up the library by contributing books and funds, so we find that uh, an important link. Yeah, absolutely. A good, interesting piece of history, right? Right, correct. Um, so we hope to celebrate the whole year long by different activities and perhaps joining with other groups to help. We always do try to join with other groups to try to help with their um, charitable endeavors as well. Nice. Well, listen, and, and that kind of brings me to, how, in terms of 125 years, that's a long time, uh, particularly in our community's history, um, almost 50% 50, 50 of our community's history, right? Mm -hmm. So, Julie, what, what's been the role? Because I imagine that's been an evolving role for the Women's Club. Well, yes, it has. The club has evolved, has, as Naperville has. Uh, the club was started in 1897, and as far as I know, it's just about the longest existing organization in Naperville. The, the Naperville Municipal Band was founded in 1849, so they've got a few years on us. <laughs> but in 1897, this group of women formed a literary society and uh, did various pursuits about writing and performing and studying literature. Well, within a few years, they turned their attention to civic outreach and engagement. 
and in 1903 renamed themselves the Naperville Women's Club. Then in about 1924, the club incorporated, and in 1925 purchased the Old Stone Church, which serves as our clubhouse to this day, almost 100 years later. We're it's a very beautiful proud. building. Yes, and we're very proud to be a part of the historic preservation of the Naperville limestone building. In 1993, the club became a 501c3 nonprofit, and uh, over the years, the uh, activities of the Women's Club have focused primarily on art, education, and community service, and ways that we could reach out to the Naperville community and improve and enhance what's going on in the community and support other efforts. We bring art to the community through our Young Adult Art Contest, which has gone on for almost 40 years and our art fair, which is now in its 62nd year. And we've also done a lot of hands-on uh, volunteer work over the years. And of course, there's financial philanthropy. And just in the last 20 years, we've donated almost half a million dollars to local social service organizations. That's an incredible amount of money. Well done, mm -hmm. well done. Uh, and, and let me just kind of pick up on that whole focus on the arts, because I think that's important. And you mentioned, uh, Julie, two events that you have coming up. Wendy, say a little bit more about the Young Adult Fair and the Fine Artisan Fair. The Young Adult Art Contest is March 11th, and we um, speak to the teachers at all five of our high schools. And two years ago, when we were able to have the last event, we um, had over 250 pieces of art, which all of us are in amazement at, at the um, artistic ability of uh, the young people in our, in our city. Um, we also are doing our 62nd um, Fine Art and Artisan Fair on June 25th and 26th, and there we'll have our silent auction, which is also popular, empty bowls, which our friends at Clay Space help us with, and um, the last couple years we've had a new interactive um, community mural where all of us can become artists for the day. And then of course we have all the artists and artisans that provide us things to outfit our homes, to give gifts for friends or ourselves. Or ourselves. I like that. <laughs> give gifts to ourselves and it won't be my artwork. So let's just start there, right? Correct. <laughs> Julie, you mentioned also about uh, the support of lots of social service agencies in town. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit more about your plans for this year. Okay, well, we do have some plans. It, it's been challenging for us, as, as it has for all organizations, to raise money the last two years. But we have hung in there, and we have raised a little bit of money, and we're ready early this year to uh, distribute some of that. We're going to do a, a donation to a food pantry. We have a little bit of money to reestablish one of our scholarships that we had to suspend during the pandemic. And we have some money to give to some social service organizations. And then throughout the year, we're planning, we're planning some smaller fundraisers. The, the big fundraisers, which is night out in the fall, but we do some smaller fundraisers throughout the year. And one thing that our members really enjoy doing is collections of goods for local agencies that have wish lists. In fact, we're doing one on March 1st. We're doing a collection during our 125th anniversary celebration event of goods for Hesed House that they have on their wish list. Nice. So we, you know, we hope to do some, some smaller fundraisers this year as well as the big one in the fall. And we're talking about doing a blood drive. And, and hopefully this year we'll be able to get back to sort of a, a more normal level of fundraising and philanthropy. 
I think that's true for many, right? Yes. Everybody's hoping to get Absolutely. a little bit more back to business mm -hmm. as usual. Mm -hmm. So, And certainly for the Women's Club, you're very involved in lots of different things. So um, as we're wrapping up, Wendy, if we wanted to get in touch with you or find out more, how would we do that? Well, we have our website and um, come join us at our events. You know, we welcome you as guests. We welcome you as volunteers. <laughs> but please come and join us because we are wonderful ladies that, that have fun and trying to give back to our city. Well, I think that's true. And congratulations again on 125 years. That's quite the milestone. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. And if you are interested in learning more about the Naperville Women's Club, please go and visit their website or their social media. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. Coming right back with more Spotlight. For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. The Naperville Police Department needs your help to solve crime and bring offenders to justice. When you submit tips to Naperville Crime Stoppers, you help keep our city one of the safest in the nation. Tips to Naperville Crime Stoppers have helped solve hundreds of crimes and recover over $7 million in drugs, property, and cash. Remember, tipsters remain anonymous and receive cash rewards up to $1,000 if their tips lead to an arrest. Call the tip line at 630-420-6006. You may have that one piece of information that solves the crime. If you're just tuning in, you're watching Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernette, and joining me now are Mike Cavalla and Nancy Wearsome from Loaves and Fishes. Well, thanks for having us today, Jane. We really appreciate it. Yeah, good to have you. Thank you. We appreciate the opportunity. Always nice to talk to you because you're our neighbors right around the corner Absolutely. from us here at the station. And, and kind of on that note, Mike, you opened a new building recently. So how's it going over there? Uh, yes, it's going very, very well. Uh, we opened the building in October of 2021, so we've only been in there for a couple of months. Uh, but if you walk through the building, you'd think we've been in there for five years. Uh, we had a great uh, team of volunteers with our facilities committee, and that coupled with our staff. Uh, we spent a lot of time planning the flow of goods and, and people in the building, and it's worked out uh, very, very well. Uh, that building is our hub building, so it's in addition to the other facility that we have in Naperville. And uh, from our hub facility, our new facility, uh, we're serving a lot of people now with our curbside service. And uh, we're extremely pleased with how it's going so far. So all the food originates there, comes there, and then is sorted, processed. All the volunteers are processing it and going through all, the, all of it and putting it in the right categories. And so it's just been incredible to see that develop. 
Yeah, I, I was very lucky to be able to come over and, and see your facility when you had the ribbon cutting. And I'm just, uh, I'm blown away by uh, not only how wonderful the building is, but the processes that you go through and how careful you are with all of the food that you have, right? I mean, that's that's quite something. And I think a lot of that comes right because you're serving a lot more people. So say a little bit more about that because that's something people need to know about. Sure, absolutely. So with the new hub facility, uh, not only can we serve a lot more people, people, but we're doing it differently with a new model. So our model is a hub and spoke model. And so uh, that allows us to serve people more uh, with, instead of linear growth, with sort of exponential growth, because with a hub, you can open up a lot of spokes. We already have spokes, but we're gonna open up some more spokes. Uh, we've opened up to four counties now. Uh, prior to opening the hub, we were only serving people in DuPage County and part of Will County. And now we're opened up to four counties, uh, DuPage, Will, Kane, and Kendall counties. So uh, we're able to serve a lot more people given our new model and our new facility. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a much more efficient model. And a hallmark of that building is the giant refrigerator, giant freezer. We have, what, 22,000 cubic feet wow. of... <laughs> cooler space and our focus is on healthy food, not just filler food. So it really has made that possible for us to take in even more fresh fruits and vegetables, milk, eggs, and that kind of food that we really want our clients to have. When you talk about that and, and you talk about not only increased capacity, but also I think that's such an important point, right, Nancy, about really good quality food. Because uh, just because you aren't able to personally maybe put some food on the table, you want it to be the right choices, what you would choose to put on the table, right? But how are you doing it? You're also doing the distribution differently. You have some other ways that you're getting food into the hands of those that need that. Tell us a little bit about that, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. So with our conversion to the Hub and Spoke model, Model, one of the things we really wanted to do is make sure we removed obstacles for people who are in need to get the need that they are in need of, right? <laughs> so uh, we uh, have three ways where people can get food and get help at Lowe's and Fishes. Uh, the first way is they can come shop in our market, and that's in our facility in Naperville. So sort of the, I'll call it the traditional uh, with a cart, choosing your own food in, in our grocery market. Uh, the second way is they can pick up already packed food, uh, sort of ready uh, to go food, if you will, uh, from our hub facility, our new facility. And there they'll get about 80 pounds of food and it's fresh produce, it's uh, uh, dairy, milk, eggs, uh, dry goods. And so they'll get a lot of food if they don't have time to shop in the market. And then the third way is our online shopping. So clients can now on their phones choose their food order their food, we'll fulfill their order, and they can come to our hub facility and pick up that order. And so uh, we're very, very excited about, again, having those multiple choices, because it really adds a new dimension to client choice in not only allowing clients to choose the food they want, but also choosing how they get it. Because uh, you know people have uh, busy lives, they have complicated lives, and some weeks, one method of getting the help they need works better than another. Yeah. And, it, and it also, one of our core values is dignity. So to be able to make those choices, yeah, what foods I get, how I get it, is something that really aligns with that value. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think, you know, when you kind of roll back, I mean, you were some of the first to ever give that concept of shop the market, not just be handed a bag. And I think that really speaks to that whole point of dignity that just because I might be in, in harder times right now, that I still get to live a life that I will hopefully be to again really soon in that dignity Absolutely. Piece, right? Yeah. Now, Nancy, you know, you, you've been working so hard to get that uh, hub, you know, paid for and all of that kind of stuff. How can the community help Loaves and Fishes? Well, one of the best ways to help is through volunteers. We have hundreds of volunteers and are always eager to welcome more. So if anyone has any interest, there are so many different jobs that they can do from a little bit of time we have people there five days a week, but you can come two hours once a month if you want. That's a really wonderful way for people to help. Then, of course, we also are always working on funding. And a really fun thing that we did that has been very popular are our building blocks for lasting impact. And they're just figurative building blocks. People contribute at different levels. And then they have a block in the building in our Hall of Mission, Vision, and Values <laughs> with their name on it. And people have been very creative. We've had family names. We've had businesses in memorial. Mm. We've also had a beloved pet represented. Groups went together. A whole block of people went together. So it's, it's been wonderful. So we're adding a third wall because it's been so popular. Oh, that's fantastic. And it really, it's such a fun wall. And I think very inspiring, right? I mean, I, I, I know that when I walk through it, you, you just feel the love of people that are really trying to step to the plate and help. Right, exactly. And it'll be there. And Loaves and Fishes was built by a bunch of people coming together. So it represents that spirit of community as well. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, listen, we are so glad that you are successfully moving forward with that hub and spoke model. We know that it took a lot of strategic thinking, a lot of people coming together for it, and we wish you all the best for 2022 and the clients that you serve. So thank you for coming by. Well, we always appreciate being at NCTV 17, so thank you. You're welcome. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Jane. You're welcome, Mike. To find out more about Loaves and Fishes, we'd like you to please go and visit their website. But in the meantime, don't go away. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. We all have a story to share, stories others can relate to, whether moments of sorrow or of hope and inspiration, whether a story of struggle or a moment of victory, every little moment captured and shared helps us to feel more informed, helps us to feel more engaged with and connected to the community we all call home. Every little moment captured and shared adds up to something greater. For us, that something is the collective story of Naperville, a city rich in its volunteer spirit, its diversity, its traditions and celebrations, and so much more. In Naperville, there are so many stories worth sharing. 
And for the past 35 years, it's been our honor to tell those stories and share them with you. Welcome back to Spotlight. And joining me now from Napa Settlement is Raina Tomeo Calabrese. Welcome to the show, Raina. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Super glad to have you here. And we're starting now with what's Napa Settlement? It's the city's museum. It is <laughs> the cultural icon of Naperville, and it is a national leader in the museum field. It's a um, national leader in informal education. So many things for so many different people. Love that. Tell us a little bit about the history, because you have the Carolyn Martin Mitchell Mansion. Uh, what's the significance? So the greatest and largest philanthropist that the city of Naperville has ever had, including now, is Carolyn Martin Mitchell. She donated to the city of Naperville through a perpetual charitable trust 212 acres of her land, and it included her mansion. And the deal essentially was that the mansion would be a museum, and what were her orchards, or today you know as neighbor settlement, would be a place to gather her community around her museum. The rest of the land has to be used for the public good. So if you look around us, everything around us is for the public good. The high school, the uh, hospital, the cemetery, the parks, the garden plots, a uh, portion of the municipal center, the um, Carillon, all of that was her land that uh, she gave in a perpetual charitable trust to the city of Naperville. That's so interesting because I think a lot of people sort of just assume it's the property uh, that Naperville mm -hmm. Settlement sits on. That's right. No, 212 acres. And the important part is this city would look very, very different had there been no gift. Yeah, that's a very large gift and one that certainly has continued her legacy for many, many years, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, Raina, you've been there at the museum now for quite some time. Um, what are you most proud of? It's amazing to think that it'll be eight years in July, uh, but there are so many things to be proud of, and I have to say the thing that I am most proud of is our staff. Uh, they are the ones that are responsible for the transformation of the museum. And we have had so much work to do in that regard. When I was hired, I was hired to transform the museum. And in doing so, it required that the expertise from all of our staff really come together to push this through. And so in it, we have become national experts on informal education. Just about every year, we present at the American Association of Museums, and we are leaders in the museum field. We're also leaders in the advocacy for all museums throughout the United States, both at the federal level and at the state level. And of course, there's our capital campaign. Uh, who would have thought that we could do not just one capital campaign, but two? And uh, this year, we're going to have those buildings up. The brick and mortar is going up in 2022 for all three buildings. And remind us so those three proud. buildings. So we have the Agricultural Interpretive Center and the Thresher Hall and also Innovation Gateway. And the Agricultural Interpretive Center does two important things. It has the look back in terms of our agricultural roots and the people that built this community through agriculture. And 
It also has a forward-facing and future plan, which is the STEM lab. One of the things that uh, we know from a variety of universities in the state of Illinois is that there is no pipeline to help kids going to college that are interested in STEM careers understand that agriculture is actually a great avenue. That if you want to be a biologist, you can do it in the ag world. If, if you want to be a mechanical engineer, you can do it in the ag world and so on. And so one of the great things for us is that we already have 35,000 school children that come to us. So being able to just fold all that into the STEM lab has amazing future potential for us. Sure. And on the other side with Innovation Gateway, we will have the front entrance that is necessary now. Uh, we so far have a one residential size door for 300,000 visitors. And this allows us to have a digital wall to be able to tell the 20th and the 21st century digitally. And it also allows us the space to be able to do teach the teacher programs and a variety of other educational programs that we simply didn't have the room to do. So lots of really important and wonderful things ahead for us. Yeah, and that kind of talks a little bit to, I mean, it isn't just for Naperville, right? What's the no. impact of Napa Settlement on the greater area? Well, number one, our school children that come, come from 112 different school districts in the state of Illinois. But the other part is that national history actually happens locally. And our story, the, uh, the ability to keep the story of Naperville and tie it into that national narrative has great, great significance. It's one of the important ways uh, that we measure essentially how is it that America grew up? Because America grew up in its small towns, in its cities, and we have that history to be able to provide and we have the tools to be able to teach about that uh, from a very local perspective, but also seeing that ramp and how that goes and feeds up into the national story. So as we wrap up, Raina, if you kind of looking forward, what's the thing that you're most excited for as you move forward in 2022 and beyond? Well, certainly the buildings that will be done this year. But in addition to that, it's really what that means because we will begin phase two. Now that we actually have those buildings, we'll be able to build out the programming for those buildings. And this year we will also have uh, an exhibit called Unvarnished. And we are the leads on a national um, funded and national endeavor to look at the effects of segregation nationwide in the North and in the Western United States. And so there are museums from Connecticut to California that are a part of this project and we're the lead. And it's a very important project for us to be able to deliver one of the deliverables is a national uh, digital exhibit and it should be coming sometime around April. And then of course there's our events. Who knew we were gonna be so successful in 2021 and we're really looking forward to gathering our community in 2022 and uh, at the same time being able to present them with the new capital projects that, uh, that, that will be a reality in this year. Wonderful. Oh, well, we wish you all the best of luck. Thank you for stopping by and giving us an update on where we are with not only Naperville's museum, but nationally where we are with the museum. That's right. 
And if you would like to have more information about Naper Settlement, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining us on Spotlight and our friends at Busey Bank for their generous sponsorship of today's show. To learn more about the organizations featured on today's episode, please go and visit our website at nctv17.com. And to stay informed about what's happening in our community, sign up to receive our daily news updates and like and follow us on Facebook. For Spotlight, I'm Jane Wynette. Thank you for watching. Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise.